listener production. Why did our share market have such a nervy start to the week? And which mining stocks were in the spotlight on Monday? Good afternoon, I'm Steve. I'm Craig. It's Monday, the 31st of July. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Laura, you sound very different today. <laughs> You're pretty different Craig, as well. Craig, it's a pleasant surprise to have you here. Well, it's good to be here. It good is. Good to be here. You know, some different hosts and um, different jokes. Exactly right. Economic jokes, which are always some of the, the best around. And uh, we're lucky to have Comsec's chief economist with us for this podcast and probably for the Even next couple of days. Even the equation. No one can see that in your circle. You did. Yeah. That's right. Formal, probably wear one at home sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get into the right... <laughs> The right state. Um, it's business time, time to wear a tie. But look, today was quite an interesting session for markets. I think a bit of a nervy start, I think is fair to say for our share market. We still rose though. We had the ASX 200 up by about a tenth of 1%. We're up about four times as much at the best levels. And I think there are lots of moving parts as to some of the reasons why perhaps we had you know, the, the performance we did. But what did you see today? Yeah, 60 points from high to low. So that was quite dramatic. I, I don't know what happened at 2 o'clock. The, a mm. bell rang, a must have rang, rang. So lifted from 2 p.m. And I didn't see any economic data to, to mm. drive it higher. But eight out of the 11 sectors rose. Healthcare was up uh, six tenths of 1%. The worst was consumer staples down eight tenths of 1%. Yeah, there seemed to be, I believe there was a release of a policy document in China that was outlining some support measures. And Bloomberg, it seemed to be at around that 2 p.m. mark. So maybe that was it. But Mm. it seemed to stop short of providing measures to boost demand. And the focus seemed to be more on kind of improving the supply of goods in China. So maybe that left markets a little underwhelmed. But also we had, of course, that strong lead coming through from Wall Street, which rose almost 2%. 1% to 2% on Friday, softer inflation again, an underwhelming end perhaps to what was a cracking month. So we'll get to how we did over the course of the month in mm-hmm. a moment. And of course, a very, very busy week because there's so much that could actually move the needle, not only locally, but also for global markets as well. But maybe we should look at some key stocks today that move markets around a little. Well, let's look at Linus to begin with. Okay. Um, neodium and Prosodium, I think I pronounced that correctly. You know, so some of the a rare earth that uh, Linus produces and uh, managed the highest quarterly production of those rare metals or rare earths in the latest quarter, 1,864 tonnes. Uh, it also produced uh, sales revenue, which actually was a little bit on the low side, $156 million for the fourth quarter. That was down from $237 million for the third quarter and down even further from uh, the quarter back in 2022 down in the order of $295 million. Neodium and prosodium are used in, in magnets, basically speakers, wind turbines, microphones, uh, things like that. Prices have been somewhat on the softer side and particularly coming out of uh, Japan. And what Linus has indicated, they're going to withhold some of the supply from the market to be able to support prices. And that was probably the, the catalyst for the reason or the reason why Linus shares were up to the order of 2.6%. Can you give us those commodities again, Craig? Neodium and prosodium. They sound like Game of Thrones uh, characters. <laughs> but anyway, there was also Silver Lake. Now, this was easily the worst performer of the day. 20% drop for the company. They produced record quarterly production, just over 81,000 ounces of gold, 642 tons of uh, copper. But I think it's the outlook. What, what they yep. produced over the full year, 2022-23, 
was 261,604 ounces of gold. The, the guidance is 210,000 mm. to 230,000. So production lower, cost higher, share price down 20.2%. Exactly right. So it flagged a, a drop in production, which was somewhere in the order of like 12% to 15%, something like that compared mm. to 2023. And you're right, likely higher cost too. So markets don't really like that so much. Another stock in focus today was the nickel and lithium miner IGO, which was the second worst performer behind Silver Lake. Um, now it actually came out with a 19% jump in quarterly earnings, record levels coming through, which it attributed mainly to record lithium production at one of its, or its flagship lithium mining WA. But I think there's been a general underperformance in lithium stocks this month, which were some of the worst performers. And uh, today, that seemed to continue with other stocks like Core Lithium, uh, Orkham. They both went backwards on the bottom 10 list, and I think IGO seemed to, to join them at that point. Another was Bubs, certainly not in the same area as the other three we've just talked about. The cutest name of any stock on the Aussie share market, I would say, Bubs Australia, 2.5% lower today. Now, it's involved with infant formula, amongst other mm-hmm. things, but Basically, it dropped back, I think, because it highlighted continued challenges it's facing in China in particular. So struggling a little there because quarterly sales, 96% lower on the prior corresponding period, so the same time last year, and down 55% on the prior quarter. So it's dealing with disputes with its Chinese affiliates and partners. It's still struggling with excess infant formula in supply. So even though seems to be making some progress there. Markets weren't very impressed with the result and its share price came under a bit of pressure. Maybe we should look back at the month of July as Why well, not? Craig. Let's look backwards. Let's because look back. it was a pretty big month. Certainly strong performance, I would say, for the ASX 200. Yeah, it's up 2.9%. So mm. it's a very solid performance there. And energy has led the way over the month up almost 9%, 8.8% to be precise. Financials also gained over the, the last month up by 4.9% and technology up in the order of 4.4%. The laggards, well, the healthcare sector was down by 1.5% and consumer staples down by 1.1%. So there's a bit of a growth focus there. Uh, you've got technology, and energy and uh, defensives, uh, health and consumer staples went, went backwards. Yes, a very strong performances. Our share market essentially sitting at the best levels in about five months. We've got the ASX 200 back above 7,400, which has been a bit of a, a solid level of resistance, if you will, for uh, for those in, in interested in, in technicals for a while. Uh, as you said, most sectors were, were higher. And this was actually the second best month we've had all year. So quite a solid performance. Energy, I mean, I think that one of the reasons why it mm. did so well, five straight weeks of gains in oil prices, one of the best months we've had in, I believe, more than a year in oil. What was behind the improvements we had in oil prices? Well, I think there's a general sense of optimism. Uh, I think it's a general sense that getting on top of the inflation problem, and if you're getting on top of the inflation problem, you don't need to lift the interest rates. That means you know, the potential for stronger growth you know, sort of ahead. And, uh, and I think the other thing is that the, the uh, OPEC producers, or the OPEC plus producers, have been very successful in constraining supply. So they've been very disciplined in terms of uh, doing that. Now, that's good news for the energy producers, but it's bad news, basically, when we think about inflation. We were relying on the fact that the oil prices would come down, petrol and gasoline prices get cheaper. That would be factored into the CPI or the inflation figures. 
and then we'd you know sort of have that driving you know the inflation rate down. So that's if you look at the price of um, crude oil over the year, it's been up and it's been down, yep. it's up, but you know it's sustained at higher levels. How much of an impact could that have on inflation? Do you think if prices don't drop back? Hard has, to tell. Well, it, it's hard to tell, but it has a knock-on effects. So mm. you think about you know sort of food and seafood and um, uh, meat and yes, you know, anything which is fresh, it relies on transportation. Mm. And if you're paying more in terms of the the cost there, it has knock-on effects. So through a number of products, so uh, and you're paying more at the petrol pump, that affects as well. Yeah, so I guess it boiled down overall to the fact that inflation in a number of countries has been dropping, but also perhaps falling at uh, or not at, as hot as uh, as many had expected. So that was all quite promising. So interest rate sensitive areas of the market seem to do quite well. So as you said, tech, you know, real estate, mm-hmm. uh, consumer discretionary, those retail stocks managed to lift. Financials, as you said, were winners. But two of the best performers over the month, Megaport, the tech company, about 40% higher. And also Flight Center, which was up more than 20%. And both actually came through and raised their profit goals for the year over the course of the month. And another was Costa Group, one of the big, well, the biggest um, veggie and fruit mm, growers mm. in the country, 21% higher. And this is after it received a, a takeover offer. And on the other side, lithium miners really struggled, oh, as yes. I pointed out. So Core Lithium, almost 30% lower over the month. Most of those declines came really in the last week or so when it warned that the next couple of years uh, could see the company making, you know, less in sales. So when they make that sort of sort of prediction for a long period of time, I guess, you know, the market punishes it. And that's what we saw today and over the month. But let's look forward. This is going to be a really busy week for, for markets. Of course, let's start with tomorrow, the big one, the Reserve Bank. Reserve Bank, are they doing something tomorrow, are they? Yeah, um, yeah they're going to a... Um, Playing golf, I think. Playing golf, um, yes. Yeah, muffins. They, they yeah. might even have a look at the interest rate levels and see whether Why they're <laughs> necessary for, for our economy at the moment. It's a really interesting one. If you look mm-hmm. at the financial markets, financial markets are saying, no, it's not going to happen. Yep. We're not going to see an interest rate hike. You speak to the economists around town and they say, yep, it's going to happen. We're going to have another quarter of 1%. Should the Reserve Bank be lifting interest rates? Probably the, they should. Yes, to take out a little bit more insurance on the inflation outcome make sure that they're heading towards that goal. We're still sitting at 6% inflation, so there's still a long, long way to go. But will they? Well, I think the financial markets, you know, sort of might be right. I think, you know, so they, they might say, we're making good progress. We've still got unemployment low. We want to keep it low. We've got inflation coming down. Consumers are spending less. Why don't we, you know, so go another month and uh, see, see how things transpire? And this is, it is a bit of an unusual month. Because generally, you know, you might not always have economists and financial markets kind of um, the same idea of what might happen. But the, the differences are relatively significant this time around, right? We've got 30, 30 economists surveyed by Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. 18 of them are expecting a rate hike. But the market is pricing in about a 10% chance that we're going to have a lift tomorrow. Because I guess last week we had inflation, which was softer than expected. Yes. We had retail spending softer than, than expected as well. Inflation's falling more than anticipated in the US and Canada and New Zealand and other countries as well. So we'll wait and see what happens. But what this could mean for markets is that the way I look at it is that someone is going to be, or group is going to be surprised. So they're going to be the economist, financial markets. So you could always see uh, a bit more volatility perhaps in the next couple of days coming through. Yes, the proverbial egg on face, you know, sort of <laughs> 
Now, hopefully, yes, it's not the Economist, but yes, it probably will be. Yes, sort of. <laughs> Um, but um, uh, certainly, yes, that's the the biggie you know, sort yep. of happening tomorrow. Um, on Friday, we have the statement of monetary policy from the Reserve Bank, which will include the, the latest forecasts. Uh, so we'll get to see a bit more of the, the rationale about why, what decision they do make you know, tomorrow. It's also going to be a pretty big week for profit results, both at home in Australia, but also overseas uh, in the United States. So the Earnings season really takes place over the whole month of August, and that's when we find more often than not annual profit results, so the 12 months to the 30th of June this year. But things get off to a pretty slow start, usually until mm. you know the mid, mid-August, mid second half of August, th- things start to really ramp up. But we'll get companies like Block, ResMed, Credit Corp, BWP, they'll be releasing their results. They're not really market movers um, so much compared to others. Next week, Commonwealth Bank, QBE, Newcrest, you know, some other bigger players. But as I said, really those, the really big end of town and the, the as far as volume of companies out with their results, we're going to have to wait a couple more weeks for that. In the US, Apple. Over, over 300 companies, mm. exactly. Apple and Amazon mm-hmm. on the same day, going to be the big one. I looked through, did a bit of calculating uh, this morning. Apple's the largest, obviously, in the United States. Amazon's the fourth largest. But combined, two and a half times the size of the entire Australian share market. Yeah, so when both of those surprise markets, especially if they both do, either to the upside or downside, that could certainly impact how the major indices go in the US, in, you know, including the, the S&P 500. So just one to watch. US jobs data as well in the tail end of the week. Um, that's always important, isn't it? Yeah, it's certainly important. Um, uh, looking at uh, 210,000 or... There are thereabouts, around the 200,000 yes, mark yes, in terms of new jobs. You've still got an unemployment rate sitting yes, at 3.5, 3.6 level. What have we got here in Australia? 3.5, 3.6. UK, 3.5, 3.6. Similar sorts of uh, situations in terms of demography, in terms of the ageing of the population and the share of the youth population, which is at you know, sort of historically low levels of you know, the total population. Um, we've got Bank of England, yes, this week as mm-hmm. well. The ISM or the Purchasing Manager Survey is coming out in the United States. The jobs, the job offering openings um, uh, figures, they're coming out um, on, the on, the first, well. in, yeah, on the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you, you name it, it's coming out. Everything by the kitchen sink <laughs> is being produced. Exactly. And I guess with the jobs figures, I don't know if there's a, an ideal number for how markets might react positively to this, but I would assume anything above 200 might be seen as a sign that there are more rate hikes to come perhaps, or at least that's what the initial response might be. And if it's just supported by average earnings, mm. so we've got a wage component in there, which we don't have here in Australia when we put out our job figures. Um, if the, the earnings are creeping up a little bit, if they're a little bit on the high side, so Certainly, there's different components there. We're looking at unemployment rate. We're looking at hours work. We're looking at the earnings, and we're looking at you know sort of the payrolls, the number of um, people employed. Yeah. So if people are earning more, then I guess those that would increase costs for businesses, yes. they might pass that on. Inflation starts to lift, means more rate hikes to start slowing things down. So I think that wraps it up, Craig. Otherwise, we're going to be here all day. Well, yes, it's been delightful so far. Yes, we could usually spend another couple of hours here. <laughs> Do you have an economic stroke before you go by any chance? I don't have actually. Okay, I fine. should have. I'll have that's one right. prepared for tomorrow. That's okay. Nothing funny about economics, I guess. Serious business. Serious business. Um, okay, well, we'll do this again tomorrow and have a great one, everyone. See you.
This podcast is prepared, approved, and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067254399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting, and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.